0: Welcome to the 21-Minute Podcast, 21 Minutes to Encourage Your Walk with Jesus in 2021. I'm Pastor James from Lakewood Park Ministries in Auburn, Indiana, and this podcast is all about helping you connect to Jesus from where you are to who He is.
1: Welcome to another episode of the 21-Minute Podcast. This is episode 13. I'm Pastor Luke. With me is Pastor James. James, how are you today? Well, I'm excited to be back. and then we kind of had a week off
0: last week as we were just uh, on break ourselves a little bit, and we've celebrated Easter now, and it's just really good to enjoy getting back into the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. I've... uh... Uh, missed it last last week when we we had the spring break episode, um, but it's good to be back here in this office talking about the these topics that we're passionate about, we care a lot about, and hopefully um, are helpful to our mm-hmm. to our listeners. And so, uh, with that said, why don't you go ahead and lead us into today's topic and what we're going to be talking about?
0: So last time we were together and had a had a discussion. We talked a lot about the reliability of the Word of God. Uh, we talked a lot about how we can know that God has faithfully given us his word. And we want to talk about the faithfulness of God in the resurrection. And I know we just went through Easter time and we've just celebrated. But quite frankly, uh, that celebration is is 365 days a year. Yeah, I don't know right? if you can just say, well, it's Easter, <laughs> let's celebrate it. No, this is our life. The, the resurrection means everything. So everything. We, we want to talk about that a little bit today.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we also mentioned in our last episode that right around Easter time, there's always some scrutiny about the resurrection. Did it really happen? Was Jesus really killed? Um, You always have a a new gospel of Mm -hmm. somebody that shows up on the History Channel. And so uh, what we really want to emphasize is that the records that you have in your Bible of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, Mm -hmm. that it's reliable, that you Mm -hmm. can trust it. Mm-hmm. And so um, rather than starting in the Gospels, which might be what most people would think we would start with in, in talking about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, um, we're actually going to begin in the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. so uh, can you maybe share with us how the Old Testament paved the way for the life, death, resurrection of Jesus and anticipated how we see prophecies even from long before Jesus setting foot on the earth, um, the, the scriptures were already talking about it.
0: Yeah. You know that the thread of salvation runs through the entire narrative of the scripture.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, It is not at some point where you could say, well, this is about only this. Um, Really, the reality is the thread of salvation goes through everything. And so when you talk about what that meant is that there was many prophets who said, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And so Jesus is preached all through the Old Testament. One of the things that I find fascinating is the proto-evangelium. Mm. I think we've mentioned that on this podcast before, mm-hmm. that in Genesis 3:15, after Adam and Eve had fallen and the judgment was being passed down by the Lord, he said in Genesis 3:15 that there's coming a time when the seed of the woman would come. And that would be the Messiah. And the Messiah would crush the head of Satan, although that serpent being referred to in that that garden context would strike the heel. Mm. Uh, The salvation that was bought was costly at the cross, but nonetheless, victorious. And so from that point, there's always that sense of when's the Messiah going to come and prophets talked about it over and over again. We're going to specifically talk about one prophet today, Mm -hmm. the prophet Isaiah, just briefly to understand what he said. 700 years before God the Son became incarnate on this earth, took on humanity to go to the cross.
1: Yeah. So 700 years. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. Right? And uh, some... Some folks might criticize uh, the Old Testament and try to attribute it to a later day, but we, we have a lot of evidence that supports that 700-year uh, writing for Isaiah. And, and for that to have such a stark fulfillment in the, in the, the gospel accounts, in the life of Christ, um, that's, a, that's amazing yes. for us to consider. So can you share some Isaiah with us um, to, um, to maybe let us see what was being written about 700 years before Christ, Mm -hmm. and then if we consider that with what we know in the Gospels, the parallels are so strong. And so um, share with us some Isaiah. Well,
0: you know, Isaiah really outlines specifically what Jesus was going to do as the Messiah, On the cross. It's probably most clearly seen in Isaiah chapter 53. Mm. You probably maybe even have heard it this past weekend as you went to Easter celebrations and Good Friday. Uh, This is the time in which Isaiah specifically says, here is how the Messiah will serve. And in fact, Isaiah calls Jesus the servant. And so this is his service. And in the process of serving, he outlines in depth Mm. 700 years before what was going to happen on the cross. Specifically, let me give you one verse, um, and I'll give you a few, but let me give you this one first. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Mm. So Isaiah's talking about brokenness, not only in his time, as he prophesied to the southern two tribes of Judah, Judah and Benjamin, but he's looking to a more expansive, robust declaration to all of humanity. Mm. Healing comes because Jesus died and so pierced. Uh, We know what happened on the cross, that Jesus had the nails driven through his hands, Mm -hmm. into his feet, uh, crushed for our iniquities, and the chastisement. So that word, it's its punishment that brought us peace. God the Son was punished by God the Father. And that's the essence of what Isaiah was saying here. Mm. Uh, I like to say it this way. In salvation, God saves us from God by God punishing God. No, no, you got to stop that one wrong, right? Okay, but but if I could say this is what the cross was about, this is what Isaiah was talking about. This is the core of the gospel, really. God mm. saves us from God. Well, we know that He took that chastisement, He took that wrath, because God the Father had to punish God the Son, mm. and so. In, in pouring out his wrath on Jesus, God the Father's wrath was what we say appeased. In other words, he, he punished sin. Jesus died in our place yeah. and was punished in our place. So mm-hmm. God had to save us from his wrath because mm-hmm. he's a holy God. Uh, he's got to deal with it. He's a righteous God, yeah. but he's all loving. Yeah, And so he loved us so much. That he saved us from his wrath, and that's the second part of the statement, by God punishing God. yeah, He punished himself for our sin. And that's what happened on the cross, is God the Father punished God the Son hmm. for our sin.
1: Yeah, in our place. Wow. That sounds an awful lot like the gospel in Isaiah 53, yes. before any of the four gospels were written. Yes, And so, um, uh, here's a, a fascinating... Um, Uh, quote for you here from a statistician by the name of Peter Stoner. Um, He's a a scientist in the area of mathematical probabilities, and and he wrote a book called Science Speaks about Old Testament prophecies, Mm -hmm. which Isaiah 53 is is, is one, um, and, and how improbable it is that one man fulfills just Jesus fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies, but he says wow. just for yep. eight of these Old Testament prophecies to be fulfilled by one person, he says that statistically that's 10 to the 17th power. Help well, me out with that, Luke. What yes. does that mean? <laughs> Let me go ahead and illustrate that for you, what that means, 10 to the 17th power. This is what he says. He says, we take 10 to the 17th power of silver dollars. We lay them on the face of Texas. That's a big state.
0: Yeah, 10 everything's to the, bigger in Texas, Yeah, that's right, right that's right. <laughs> 10
1: to the 17th power of silver dollars laid over the face of Texas would go two feet deep. And then he says, mark one of those silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly, blindfold a man, and tell him to pick up just one of those silver dollars. He says, what chance would he have of getting the right one? The exact same chance that the prophets would have at writing eight prophecies that one man later on could fulfill, just eight, and so the overwhelming uh, just evidence of, of one man, Jesus of Nazareth, fulfilling all of these Old Testament prophecies, and, and you know you can't fabricate that, no. right? Jesus can't choose where he's going to be born. He can't choose, you know, a lot of those those prophecies that that, that a person who is fabricating this could choose. Unless, of control. unless God's plan, unless. It's God's faithfully
0: plan. given, yeah. Faithfully done sovereignty. Yeah. God loves us. God's reached in the brokenness. That's why Jesus came to fulfill it all. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. And I think if you blindfolded me, I think I could find it. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. You know. So.
1: <laughs> so, so, just right there in the Old Testament, we can say you can trust the resurrection. Yep. But wait there's more We have more oh, there's always more we, there's, there's more that we could <laughs> can I add something else and please though? do please do you know I, I was also th-
0: thinking in verse 9 of Isaiah 53 just another very obvious fulfillment of one of the prophecies mm. and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death although he had done no violence. And there was no deceit in his mouth. And so Isaiah here is talking about going into the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, yeah. seven hundred years prior. And that's exactly what happened. It's that's exactly what we find texts like Matthew twenty-seven, fifty-seven to sixty-one, mm-hmm. talk about that. Yeah. And and what I love about this is that even in the death of Jesus Christ, he's exalted. Even in his death, because yeah. it says, with the wicked and with a rich man. Mm-hmm. Well, in the time that Jesus was executed, normally the bodies were taken off a cross and thrown into a pit. Mm-hmm. It was a disgusting place. Mm-hmm. The, the place of the skull was more than just crucifixion and maybe the perhaps the imagery of a skull and a mountainside. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. It was a place of absolute death. Yeah. Jesus could have easily been thrown into one of those pits with the two criminals that were beside him any one of them and it would have just been a filthy disgusting death rotten Mm. place he got put into the tomb of Mm. a rich man yeah and that says even in his death god exalted him yeah above all even in his death
1: yeah yeah fulfilling prophecy exalting christ even in his death and even if we want to take this from a from another perspective as well uh, some of the critics of Christianity say maybe Jesus didn't really die on the cross. Mm-hmm. Maybe he passed out or fainted or was resuscitated when they took him off of the cross. Um, because how else is he alive after the fact? If he's thrown into a pit, then maybe you can make that case that you know what happened to his body it's not there anymore well maybe he didn't die all the way but joseph of arimathea was a public figure he was a member of the sanhedrin Mm -hmm. he would have been a notable figure and his tomb that was prepared for him when he died would have been a public place everyone would have known where that is and so the fact that jesus's body is put into such a a a public place uh, shows that that God, God is not hiding right. where Jesus is. Right. This is where His body is. Yeah. The stone is put over it. No one's getting in, and no one's getting out. No disciples are going to slide in behind the rock and steal His right. body. There's Roman guards there to ensure that, and so. And a um,
0: centurion oversees a hundred guards. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it from that that st- that standpoint that yeah. there was a lot of guarding, and who was watching? It says in the gospel accounts that the women were watching. Yeah. And that's a whole another avenue of of why this is so credible is that women at this time, unfortunately, had no voice. Yeah, they were not credible anywhere, and especially in a court of law. So, for the gospel writers to so prominently say, "We're going to use the women's eyewitness account to to validate this," yeah, that was huge for mm-hmm. the audience of the time, especially.
1: Yeah, no no doubt it it shows that the the apostles were more concerned. With what actually happened, yes. Then fabricating the most plausible scenario, yes. And that testifies to the truthfulness of, of these accounts. Um, if you were going to make up a story, <laughs> you would not have women being the ones that saw Jesus. Yes, uh, especially at this time, first, and, not yeah, at this absolutely. time. That would not yep. have been the way to go. And yep. so, um, Roman crucifixion, we. We we've mentioned it, but we just know with certainty uh, that when you were crucified, you were you were put to death. Yes, Jesus definitely <laughs> read, died. The accounts, yeah. read the accounts. Read the accounts. <laughs>
0: Historical accounts. Read Historical
1: them. accounts. And and the the spear was that was that's what it was for to ensure that this guy hanging up there is dead. Um, now, what what's what's interesting is uh, non Christians will also testify. Uh, to this Jesus being crucified. We, we've got um, a, a few different accounts of this happening in, uh, in Israel, uh, but most notably would be uh, Josephus. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit about who he was?
0: Yeah, so Josephus is a Jewish historian, mm-hmm. so not a Christian historian per se. As far as the Gospel is concerned,
1: right? He's a Jew
0: mm-hmm. um, working for the Roman government. He is a historian. He is the one that really chronicles a lot of the interactions that we have in more of the historical accounts of, of the resurrection and of Christ and of the Church. Uh, Josephus was well known for. For taking these accounts and putting them into his historical context of writing, mm-hmm. uh, he wrote about the great revolt that the Jews had uh, in about seventy A.D., uh, in which the Romans came and uh, places like Masada fell in seventy two mm-hmm. A.D. and uh, just just a horrible time for the Jewish people. Yeah. So he was he was very accurate in his accounting in every aspect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, Josephus he wasn't the only guy to to talk about Jesus being put to death. Um, now, Paul mentions how many people saw Jesus after his resurrection. Yeah. So you can trust that Jesus died yeah. on that Friday. Yeah. How many people saw him alive afterwards? Yeah. 500. Yeah. Yeah. 500. If, if you think about going into the court of law for any crime and you bring 500 witnesses, <laughs> you're, you're going to have a sure bet. I think, that, I think
0: the trial's over at the tri- that point. <laughs> the trial's
1: over. And, and Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians 15, um, where he's uh, this beautiful just discourse on the resurrection um, and, and, and the implications of it. And, and as he mentions that Jesus appeared uh, to the, uh, to the, the disciples and the 500, uh, goodness. Yeah. And then he says, some of them are still alive. Yeah. You can go knock on their door and ask them about it. Yeah. So there were definitely credible, reliable eyewitnesses to him being alive. So, so Luke, you know, one of
0: the things I always think about, I love this part of the the, the story of, of of the truth of Jesus dying on the cross. It uh-huh. says that the tombs of of godly people were broken open. Yeah. And they went into the city. Yeah. And they declared. Yeah. Jesus is alive. <laughs> and you have to wonder: were those some of the people Paul was talking about? Wow.
1: Yeah. They came back to life. Now, now,
0: I think the bummer for them is that they didn't come with a a glorified, resurrected body. They just came back to life. And it's like, so they're going to have to die again. Right. But but could you imagine that kind of testimony and that they lived continued on from that point?
1: Yeah. You know what? I think if I were to experience that, it would change me. Me too. <laughs> now, I think it did that to some of the people that oh, were around my goodness, and saw this. Yes, yes. Talk to us about the apostles and, sure, sure. and, and how their lives were radically transformed yeah. um, in light of the death and resurrection of Jesus.
0: Yeah, and I think we could probably spend a whole episode, probably three or four of them, on the apostles. Let me talk about Thomas. You know, Didymus, uh, the twin, right? He, he was the one that um, we know that he uh, was the doubter, quote mm-hmm. unquote. He was the one that, for whatever reason, um, said, unless I can put my, my finger into the holes in his hand and shove my fist into his side, I'm not going to believe. And, of course, Jesus was there. Yeah, Thomas, it is believed after this whole season of the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ was so transformed, so changed So believing, he went all the way to what we know as India today. Yeah. Wow. And he went as a missionary. Mm. He went to share Jesus is alive. Mm. The resurrection is true. Believe in the name of Jesus. And he, uh, now this is a lot of things that we we don't have a whole lot of account for, but we have enough historically Mm -hmm. to really, truly find this credible that he went to church plant. Yeah. And apparently at one point he uh, was church planting in a region, was speared in the side. Uh, Most likely that's how he died. And to this day, uh, there is the reports that you can see Thomas's grave in India (laughs) amongst uh, all that the Indian culture is today. And so one example that if truly Jesus had not resurrected and, and, and come back to life, what would have been so transforming to these men? Right. They would have had nothing that they would have felt compelled to do when their leader, their rabbi, was dead. He's alive, yeah, and it was transformative, and they needed to tell everybody about
1: it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's persuasive um, because we we see that they went back to kind of fishing. Thomas yep. is doubting, and yet. All of the apostles, Judas, you know, he, he commits suicide, but um, then all the apostles give their lives for the gospel. John is exiled, and so he he doesn't die in the same way. Yeah. but the other ones are, are brutally martyred. and and so is the testimony of church history. Yes, as Christianity and this message of this crucified and resurrected Messiah, uh, just expands all over the Roman Empire.
0: These these men are willing to die. So Thomas was exiled under Domitian. However, the fact that he was so boldly mm. declaring says so much yeah. about the transformed lives that these men had and, and what they did in spreading the gospel. We know for the first 300 years, the gospel exploded over the Roman world. Yeah. And the church growth was phenomenal. Yeah. You will see church plants everywhere all over the Roman world. And it, it's interesting when you, see, you hear what Tertullian said years ago, uh, you know, centuries ago, when he said the blood of the martyrs mm. is the seed of the church. Yeah. And that's what we see evidenced first and foremost in the disciples' lives after Jesus came alive, after Jesus resurrected and was ascended.
1: And time for our buzzer beater now. So, James, if you could visit one place to get an understanding of the resurrection impact, where would you go?
0: Wow. You know, you could say, well, I, I'd go to Israel on a tour for a month, and i you know, do some archaeological digs and try to understand all that. Um, I'll tell you where I'd go, Luke. Yeah. i go to church on Sunday.
1: That's a good answer. That's where I'd go. Yeah.
0: That's where I do go. <laughs> <laughs> right. i go to church on Sunday because... That is the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the transformed lives by believing in Jesus, being forgiven of sin, transformed completely, made new
1: completely. Eternal life. Yeah, great answer. Well, that wraps up this episode. Until next time, God bless.